Hi, it's Becky here from Thriving Language, um, and I'm joined by Bex today as well, um, which is Bye. nice to speak to you, Bex. And we're gonna and we're gonna have a chat today about some research that we've started to do around communication um, and play and speech and language therapy. So, do you want to start off, Bex, and just let everybody know what we've started to do? Yes. Um, with the beauty of, of having you working with me for that, Becky, because typically, obviously, as a speech therapist, I work alone um, in clinic-based settings. Um, but working with you and you, with your knowledge about child development and, and especially play and then your sort of expertise in the outside environment, we decided that we would combine our, 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 all our strengths, really, and offer some speech and language therapy sessions in the outdoor environment. And, you know... That came about really, isn't it, Beth, through through the, the COVID pandemic because we were having contact from concerned family members saying, I'm really worried about my child's speech and language. I'm really concerned about how they're playing. Um, but, you know, there was no sort of clinical space that, that we felt safe in at that time. So we thought, okay, maybe we could try offering speech and language therapy and these play sessions in the outdoor environment. Um, so it sort of came about through the demand of, of families needing help, needing advice. But then we were able to, when we thought about it, we chatted about it, we, with that sort of your passion for the outdoors, we were like, well, this kind of makes sense, doesn't it? It, it, it like, totally did, yeah. yeah. It did, and, and so that's how it sort of came about, really, sort of through need. Um, and then we were like, but actually, we know. We've got all that information about communicating in the outdoors and, and you know, children and, and adults benefiting from being in nature. And there's so much research about that that we were like, well, it kind of makes sense, but it's never been done before. It's certainly nothing that we'd come across before. Um, I think we, we were saying as well, I think being in that open space, like we say, like you were just touching on, Bets, I think what we need um, parents and families and children to do is to be in a space where they feel quite content and quite relaxed because that's that's a great place to start and like you were saying to have an outdoor space where where people are feeling right there's lots of fresh air around us my child can play there's no other distractions is there and actually we can I mean what what we do in our in our um sessions is like I will I will follow the child's lead and the parents chat to Bex and and then Bex brings the parents into the play as well but where we say there are no toys we mean there are no toys that you would look at that you would go okay actually that's something that's meant for a purpose what's the child going to do with it there's twigs and leaves and grass and there might be mud and there might be some water and there might be sort of some a stage there where people can where children can go up and down and some steps and things like that but actually you know whatever is there in that in that green area and we've used several different green areas to do this and we even come to um people's gardens and things like that and mm-hmm. do it. but actually like you were saying in, in a therapy room it's sort of quite plain isn't it in a way all there's yeah. posters around and you know yeah, there's there's distractions totally different because the child is not always at ease it's a new environment with a new person and it feels and it smells different um whereas the outdoors space it's just 
it's a totally different feeling. And actually, if the child is feeling more at ease, we're going to see more of, of who they are. But it, likewise, for families, you know, parents, carers, grandparents, you know, it, coming to an outside space, it's, it's novel, but once you sort of get over that, that we're just going to have a walk around, we're going to have a chat, it's less intense. So even the act of, my, say, myself and the parents walking side by side having a conversation is less intense yeah. and less intimidating than sitting across a room looking at each other. So this is these are people you've met for the first time and you're asking quite intrusive questions about their background as a child and the family dynamic. And actually walking side by side is much more comfortable for everybody. So little things like that that I think perhaps surprised me. I haven't yeah. really thought And I think also what it does as well is it takes away any professional hierarchy, which is something I'm sure I've talked about before because it's a real bugbear of mine. You know, I'm not the expert in this child. This is the this child is part of this family. So yeah. I, I don't want to sit there, you know, behind a desk and and ask all these questions and then tell people what I think they need to do. It's about us chatting together and working out what is the concern, what really drives this child, and and how can we sort of tap into that. And actually by by you sort of following that child's lead and having some really beautiful moments of connection, which I can then say to the parents, oh, did you see what happened there? Becky did that. And then what happened? What did he do in response? So you're sort of seeing like a, a live action example of what oh. I would like parents to try at home. So that's so that works quite well and also when you think about tapping into what you were just saying Bex about like sort of you know experts having all this knowledge and 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 perceived like that as well and actually we we don't have like any of these answers every everybody's great at something and everybody's rubbish at something aren't they and we're all you know we're all all doing what we can do and we just the people who are experts are are the families in their children and the children we mustn't forget the child themselves that they're the expert in what what they're thinking and what they want to play so I think doing it this way shifts the power balance and we always talk about the power balance so so normally in in a room who's got the power balance If, if say it's a teacher at the front of the at the front of the class they're going to have it aren't they if it's if it's a professional sat over from the other side of the desk if it's an early years professional who is sort of sat there in a meeting with a parent it's going to be then so we what we do is we have a natural um power balance and we also have that we give the power because we enable environments where all children understood the most powerful person in that outdoor space is the child because i'm following the child's lead i'm not setting up any play you're not setting up any play and no parents are setting up any play so we're saying yeah you're you're really interesting can we just follow what you do and I'll copy and I'll copy a sound that a child might make or a copy an interaction that a child might do or we'll follow something down and a child laughs about something so we repeat it but the person that is is if you want to say in charge for for that thing is is the child isn't it in these sessions it's trust isn't it it's trust that children know how to find things to interest themselves and i think when you haven't got toys i I, you know you and i were talking earlier back and i said if i had a pop-up toy in front of me and you had the same toy we we might play differently but there's only so much you can do with that and you're you're going to do what you can do because it's there but if you take all that away and you, you just you find out so much more about what drives that child because they've got almost got so much freedom but it's it's not restricted in any way and it, it is you know it for me I think I said to you when we first started this it gave me like like proper like nerves because 
I always have my go-to set of resources so I know I can check what's going on with the child's language levels because I've got my bag of toys. And even when we first started, I'd have them in the car with me. And then I was like, no, I had them with me on my back. <sighs> and then they must have been left in the car. But I was like, it was like my, my security. But actually, mm. it's been a real lesson to me in terms of let's step back and let's just see what happens. And it's okay because children will always find something they will and that's the power of it it is just having that trust and then being able to say to parents look we don't need to spend a lot of money because even if you don't have a garden you there will be open spaces that you can go to and the, the whole point that you know we I think we knew it but I think what's been really highlighted is that quality interactions cost absolutely nothing yeah. it's just time and space isn't it and that's that's been a real lesson for us and we're hoping that you know the children that we're supporting the families that we're supporting will benefit from from that because I think it's it's quite a thing to get your head around it is and it is I think I think you're right I think it is you know it's the pace that we go isn't it like you said in the time that you give the child and even if it was a snippet of of the 10 minutes of time if you're it's going to be really different as well if you look at the park if you went to the park the toys are already provided so some of the playing is already done for the child if you went to a field where there's things around and there's you know trees and plants and perhaps a stream or something like that you're going to get a whole different array of language and and there's not something that the child's going to show you what they might want to do with something yes you might pick up a leaf and watch the leaf fall down and things like that but but there would be different things that each child would do and you really get an insight into what a child is trying to tell you and what basically how they're thinking and they're again we must tap into the schemas like their patterns of play because they'll they're so much easier to see those patterns of play outside so they start to become really understood and then they start to thrive don't they they start to give you a little bit and give you a little bit of that communication but it it does come from that quality interaction but it doesn't need to be a huge amount of time it just needs to be the right environment and children do need that time to just explore themselves and actually, it's really good for the parent to to just almost sometimes sit and watch and things, but give, give well, the child... That's, yeah, that's why it works with having the two of us, because, you know, I can get the information I need, but then we do step back and we watch. And because, you know, you're comfortable, you've been you've been doing this job a while, <laughs> you're comfortable at being observed, but actually you're, you're in the moment with the child, so you're perhaps not even noticing that we're watching and going, oh, did you see what Becky did? And the other beauty is that sometimes you know I can say as well oh Becky you just try this and just see what he does or what she does yeah. you know so it you know that's our assessment it's like if I interact in this way how is that child going to respond you know so that's it's 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 an in the moment dynamic assessment of, of speech language and interaction and play and I think that's a really rich it's certainly been a very rich experience for me oh, as it is yeah. and we all learn from each other don't we really and and that's been fantastic for for me and I'm really privileged to be able to work with you and see these things but also it's, it's almost like seeing you know when when you sit there and you think okay what what target might we want for this child what outcome it, yeah. there's none of that 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 is forced because the, the parent has a real chat about it and we see what the child yeah. does and we see what the child's engaged in so then we can say okay we'll, we'll try this we'll try this this game that the child seems to have started or would try this play at home or or we can see and it's so natural so if you've got those natural targets that make real sense and they're done in a real timely fashion like in a really not in a fast way you know just in a just in a way that there's a quality interaction well everyone's going to benefit from a little bit of quality interaction as well aren't they so so it makes real isn't it it's natural and it's yeah, it's, it's 
it is really interesting and I think it's something we're, we're both enjoying and, and you know the feedback we've had from from the families has been very positive as well so yeah which is which is great isn't it it's, it's really great so I think I'll just sort of say if anybody wants any more information on this on communication um, and play sessions with obviously me as um, the early years lead and Bex as a speech and language therapist specializing in early years um, just send us an email rebecca at thrivinglanguage.co.uk and this is for um, practitioners families whoever wants that and, and whoever really anybody wants to signpost to but you know it's a really great natural way of enabling environments where children are really really understood and we're, we're doing what we say we do you know that that's that is our ethos to enable environments for children where they really really are understood and this is a fantastic way of doing it isn't it Bex? So, yeah, completely. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, so, oh, lovely to talk to you, Bex. Take yeah, care. Thanks, bye. 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 bye.